tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Ricky Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! I know how you feel. River running free, you know how I feel. I know how you feel. <laughs> Blossom on the tree, you know how I feel. Uh-huh. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me. And I'm feeling good. Ooh, 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 ooh. We are feeling great. We are feeling great. This is the Scandal After Buzz TV After Show, Season 5, Episode 5, You Got Served. Uh, I'm going to start with me, Emil Ennis Jr. I don't have my my sister over here today sitting next to me because <laughs> Bam is out of town, um, so we hope he is doing well. But if you don't know the rest of the Fab Four, let them introduce themselves. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hi, I'm Sophia Stanley. So before we dissect this episode, let me just say I love, 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 love the direction of this season. Woo, woo, woo! I second, third, fourth, every, I completely agree. Like, I was just, I was giddy. Like, I was just giddy. Cornelia was making fun of me eating my popcorn. No, when when the tea started happening, Emil had the popcorn and he was eating, but he was like, oh, oh. And I shoved the popcorn and he was like, oh. It was no, but it's because, and, and I think, you know, we, we've, we've been begging for this. And honestly, I think that anyone who watches or listens to our after show knows that for all of us, for different reasons, season four was very, very difficult. And now... I am thinking if we had to have season four in order to have season five, then I'm okay with it because this, it, it, it isn't old scandal. It really is scandal 2.0. It's really that we're seeing an evolution of the characters. We're seeing an evolution in terms of the stories. We're seeing even an evolution in terms of the problem solving. But more importantly, I feel like every single character is stepping fully into their truth. And that is freaking awesome. Yes. Yes. So let's start with Olivia. Olivia, um, we just found out that they are trying to find an impeachable offense for Fitz. So they're doing a full investigation. And Olivia is trying to figure out her life. Fix her life like Ayana. Ayana. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about that on Happy Hour last night. But anyway, um, Olivia is trying to fix her life. And in doing so, she has like all the tabloids and scandals up. And she's talking to OPA. And she says she pretty much needs to bring somebody in from the outside. And surprise, surprise, it's Leo, who I love because, as I've said before, he is on Bravo's Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, which is a great <laughs> show if you don't watch that. That's coming back December 1st. Yes, he's Shameless done plug. But he is great in that show, but he's great in this show. Leo, when he comes in, I think any character that can talk to Olivia mm-hmm. 
with authority makes me happy because Olivia is a smart woman. However, there are some times where she needs to be checked. And I felt there are many, many scenes, especially when Leo's first entered her office where he checked Olivia. He called her, um, Oh gosh, where is it? He was saying all the headlines. He was calling her a horse. It's all the different things she needed to hear because even though she was seeing it on the tabloids she had posted up, it was just the way he phrased it and the tonality of it that just it hits home. But I think what really made me happy was, and I'm going to go forward and come back, was when he was going through her house because they talked about how they had to spin the story. And Olivia was saying, this is the way I want to do the story. And then she said, no, sorry, wrong thing. Because Leo basically was saying, he's like, we need to move you away from the 1%. Yes. We need to make you normal and, and likable. every woman. And every woman, yeah. And basically, this, the it's closet, the house, is not that of the every woman. And he um, he orders, uh, uh, why did I want to call her Lindsay Dwyer? Well, <laughs> Quinn, real name. Right? Uh, they, he ordered Quinn to the Galleria. Basically, he was sending her to the mall, non-high-end, to get normal people clothes. Even when he was going through her fridge and it was empty... And she was like, they were like, oh, she just orders out every night. And didn't, but he didn't say, like, where's the wine and popcorn? Mm-hmm. Didn't he say that? I, I just, I, I literally wrote down, I love Leo going through the house. But, um, <laughs> yeah, they had to show that she isn't every woman. But remember, initially, Leo presented the idea of telling the Cupid love story and talk mm-hmm. about how they fell in love. Mm-hmm. And she immediately shut that down. We'll mm-hmm. get back to that in a second. Um, so... Surprise, surprise, when they said that she's still being slandered in the media, we have to bring in an outside source that's reputable and that can vouch for you and say that you're a great woman. And immediately I was like, who are they thinking of? I was like, I literally, I think I said to the screen, there's nobody. Nobody. And I said, put him pop jokingly at first. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he popped up on the screen Ooh. and his face was beat. It was beat, The right? makeup was no, good. Yeah. He looked good. The makeup was good. <laughs> he looked good. <laughs> no, it, and I said something completely off topic of scandal I don't know if people knew this, but he was actually cast as the first black phantom in the Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. So I was like, oh, shoot, they even had time. I kind of thought in the back of my mind, well, maybe putting pop, but no, because he's working. Like, not even because they just wouldn't bring him up. He's too bit, who too damn busy. So funny thing is, though, I think sometimes it's um, easy for us to forget how powerful this show is and specifically Shonda Rhimes but more importantly Shonda Land mm-hmm. if you think about the way that they shot that scene it was purely the interior of her house uh, interior of his house I bet they went to New York mm. Ooh, no think about it just think about the staging of the shot I guarantee you what they did is they flew Carrie out they shot it in New York on a sound stage or somewhere like that and then came back that's a good point mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a good point Um well you know we had our love-hate relationship with Puddin' Pop aka Edison. I need to say his real name. Edison came back. Edison. Um, but when he's introduced, um, he's doing a lot of things for Planned Parenthood and they talk about all the accolades that he's getting right now because of the things he's doing in the government. So that's why he's a perfect person for this. However, we know the history between Edison and Olivia. So who hasn't written down what he said to her? A criminal. A whore. An idiot. And a liar. She goes, excuse me? He then repeats himself. A criminal. A whore. An idiot and a liar. You made me seem like I was insane when I insinuated that you were sleeping with the president. So that makes you a criminal, a whore, an idiot, and a liar. Oh, well, I mean, Ooh. she she did lie to him. Uh, she, <laughs> he did ask, and he, you know, and she said no. Even if he didn't specifically say, "Hey, you sleeping? With, you gonna fit smash it?" He insinuated and she insinuated that he must be a damn fool. And in real life, in fake life, everything that you do comes back. It always comes back. And even if they would have 
her and Fitz would have naturally um, shown their love for each other and would have naturally shown their relationship to the public as an ex you automatically assume mm-hmm. oh shoot were you kicking it with him while we were together you automatically assume it it doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you're with the timing whatever so it's just unfortunate that she needed him for something and it had to come out this way See, for me, it, it played a little bit differently for me. I feel like we always talk about closure. I felt like it was closure. Oh, definitely. I felt like he, again, I think it's the whole concept of stepping fully into your truth. Mm-hmm. She wronged him. Mm. Because it would it would have been different to have used someone else as your cover, i.e. Jake. Jake was a fully willing participant in the lie. But Jake has the same skeletons that Fitz has. Some of them. True. But then, but the key thing is, like, get some random dude who, like, only wants to marry you because you're famous or because you're, you have money or because you have this high status reputation. You don't go back to someone you were actually engaged to, actually in love with at one time and pull them into this lie. And I don't mean the lie in this episode. I mean the lie when they, like, did their second rekindling of their relationship. Mm -hmm. So I feel like he needed closure and she technically, I'm not saying she needed to give it to him, but if she fully is an honorable person and respects the fact of how her loving fits has imprinted on others, she will allow him to have that moment. And I think that she did so not just because she needed him, but that's also why he needed to check her and say, sit down. Yep. Because it basically was like, no, then I need to do that. And that's ironically why he then was able to so um, successfully sell it to the public because at that point then he could believe it he could then go back in his mind to the Olivia that he originally loved the Olivia he wanted to marry because he needed to have that closure and then we can move forward but before that she then also still has skeletons it may not be skeletons of from a from a political huge perspective but just in terms of the people you have wronged I think there comes in a point in your life where you just have to say sorry mm-hmm. no that's well said that's definitely well said. And he gave, he gave a great interview. Mm-hmm. He gave a great interview. Um, Fitz was watch. Everybody was watching, like, because this is clearly the story mm-hmm. of the time right now. Marcus. We were introduced to Marcus again last episode. And there was something. I'm going to fast forward and come back. There was something this episode. I completely forgot that Marcus was uh, sleeping with that wife mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. she got murdered. Mm-hmm. So that's a skeleton that's probably going to come back out since they reminded me. Um, but Marcus in this episode, he is pulled into a car by some members of the Senate and they pretty much are saying we're going to blackmail you unless you become our spy. Was that believable? It, go ahead, Cornelia. Based on everything we've seen on the show, yes. <laughs> Based on what we know to be scandal, yes, they will pull him into the car and they will blackmail him. He's fresh and new. He has skeletons of his own. They don't know if he wants to protect himself more than Olivia Pope and a normal person would protect themselves first instead of somebody you basically just started working with so to me it was like okay cool we have to do this let's do this dance because we needed to see a point where he proved himself he proved himself last week but not necessarily as a loyal member to OPA he proved Mm -hmm. himself like listen they're slandering her this is wrong you want me to help Mm -hmm. out I'm gonna help in the best way I can but we had to see a moment where he stood up and said I'm an uh, I'm a gladiator. I'm loyal to you, and let me show you. So I think it was a good opportunity. Um, I'm gonna have to say what I think I say every time there's this type of situation. Google record Surrey record. It's 2015. Mm. Your phone can be in your back pocket. Google record. 
Siri, please record this because these mo are about to try to some stuff. That's, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm being funny, you guys, but I'm also being a little serious. So there's just those tiny little things for me that, and maybe it is because I'm team Rowan, so I'm a little bit team spy in the same point that I need people to be a little bit more devious because to me, and he showed himself to be pure OPA, right? Mm-hmm. However, if he basically is going to say, like, kind of like walk the line that he's not going to break the law, so he's not going to like um, uh, plant evidence or do things of that nature, right? Then the smart move is to use someone's own words against them. That's not criminal. Right? They're coming at you with criminal activity because they are blackmailing you. Mm-hmm. They should not be doing that. They shouldn't even be talking to you not in official legal proceedings. So there's kind of that part of me that, you know what I mean, wanted to tape. Yeah. I can see that. No, I thought mm-hmm. I, I, I'm happy because initially when we were led to believe that Marcus was not going mm-hmm. to side with OPA, but once we saw the switch, I think he's a cool guy. And I mean, I'm glad he's on the show so far. But I think the skeletons that he has are going to come to light and it's going to be bad. Um, but I'll say that for predictions. Before we get into Olivia's emotional interview, um, I just have to quickly say, make sure you go to iTunes. Click that subscribe button. Rate, comment, five stars. If you're on YouTube and you're watching live, hey, thanks so much. We love you, especially East Coast, because it is now 140 on the East Coast. So we thank you, gladiators. Um, And, you know, yeah, just show us some love. Leave a comment. We do read your comments. So leave a comment. We don't always respond, but I swear to God, we read your comments. Um, So we really appreciate it. And um, tell a friend, because... If you don't tell a friend, then who's watching the show with you? Like, we're your friends, but you want to talk to somebody about Scandal and the Scandal after show. Oh, girl, did you see what Cornelia said? Did you see what Sophia said? Did you see what Emil was wearing? So, <laughs> tell a friend. So that, <laughs> you see how I put that in there? <laughs> tell a friend so they can find out about us, and we can all be best friends. So, yeah. If you guys just need one more shot of conversation also check out our happy hour it is called oh not our happy hour but it is our happy yeah, hour our it happy is hour. our happy hour podcast we talk about everything and everything um everything that you're not supposed to talk about sex religion mm-hmm. politics mm-hmm. again it's happy hour a shot of conversation and you can listen to it on either iTunes or SoundCloud <sighs> the Olivia interview when Leo was telling her what she needed to do once because what happened? Oh, they found out about the ring. They found out about the ring, and later on we find out that Melly was the one who yeah. told them about the ring. But they find out about Olivia's diamond ring she got from Fitz, and the media goes wild, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. They have to spend the story back to the Cupid love story, because now she cannot be seen as an every woman. What did he say? He was like, you're pretty much seen as a slut. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Cyrus said she managed to go from slut to every woman to sister wife. <laughs> Yo, Cyrus. eight hours. <sighs> And that's, and that's why, even though, and it's funny, we've talked about this a lot. I, I think everyone knows, I adore Rowan's character. I love the evilness. I love the intelligence. I love that he, in essence, is the choir. He is our moral compass and he says things that we don't want to hear, but it's always the truth. However, he takes the space sometimes from a monologue perspective and one-liners that Cyrus used to take. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, so because he's not as prominent this season, we're starting to see that season one, season two sigh where we forgot he just mm-hmm. he just snaps on people. And you're like, did he? Oh, ah! 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and no, we'll get back to Cyrus, but he was pretty funny in his little thing. He had his whole setup while he's been watching. He all has this five time. types of Just cheeses. Good, like that was like mm-hmm. how, when you know in the back in the day when kings used to have like like a whole spread and like a huge piece of like chicken, but it would be like the size of your head. I was like, Sorry yo, the whole and we and saw got his, the expensive food. Like you know, oh you go to the hot food section and you'd be like, I don't know, like eating this this week. Cyrus got <laughs> the entire whole food section. I can't, but we saw his husband again. And episode. isn't it sad? Literally, you guys had to tell me who he was when he first came on the screen. My brain was like, huh? And we and you were like, that's his husband. husband. No, I said that's that prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> But I like him. I like him too. I like him, I like him too. Like a nice young man. Look at his best interest. He's like, open some damn windows. Like, yeah. open the curtains. Yeah. Get some light in here. Um, but Olivia's prepping for this interview. They're pretty much saying, be yourself. Just tell the story because, and this was the frustration we had with the first part of the interview. We've all been watching Scandal since season one. Mm-hmm. We've seen, especially on the trail, how they fell in love. Mm-hmm. And it was it's totally a Cupid love, love story. It's totally a Cupid love story. I think the problem was, because we, we obviously talk through the show, we have to pause it, we have to take off our headphones, like we have to do the whole thing. I think that the thing with Olivia is I think what a lot of women go through. Um, funny thing is, I can't even lie about it, my eyelash is coming off. So I'm uh-uh. going to have to, literally everyone on YouTube, you can talk about it, that I took my eyelashes off. Keep it okay. real. Keep it, Keep it real. So I think that with a, a woman such as Olivia, where she has prided herself on being independent, where she has prided herself on creating an identity that is separate and distinct from a man, I think she has prided herself on being a feminist. Oftentimes, when you think of yourself as a feminist, you then don't think of yourself in the fairy tale role. Right. Because normally fairy tale characters, specifically women, are one dimensional. All they are are stupid, silly women who have no control of their emotions, but to fall for a man who happens to swoon in and swoop in and say that I am the prince. Right. Right. That goes against everything that Olivia is, because Olivia thinks that she can intellectualize romance, that she can intellectualize love. And as someone who needs to 100 percent be in control that's why she literally is a fixer so that she is in control of controlling everyone else she can't allow herself to remind herself or even admit to herself that not only is she real but that she actually technically is like all those other women so all those other women who possibly don't have jobs who don't have whatever who have either fallen in love for a man or had their heart broken for a man all of those women that she may not on some levels respect, she has to admit that maybe they couldn't control it either. And when, even when she was giving the interview, I, I know we kind of looked at each other and was like, why is she talking like that? Why is she delivering it this way? I kind of took it as that's how she thinks those women act. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know that some people see her as the the woman who fell in love and met a man. He's the love of her life. And she can still be yourself and you can still be smart and mm-hmm. you can still be uh, well-spoken and still be in love with this person. So she was kind of like, his mother gave it to me. And it was, she got it at an auction. Because to her, that's what those women look like. Mm-hmm. And then as she got into the interview and she got her footing, you can kind of tell she was like, oh shoot, this is me. And this is my world. I don't have to define myself as what I think these people are. I can be myself and still tell everyone how we got into this, why I got into it, and that I kind of feel bad about it. She said she wished she never laid eyes on him. 
not only because of her family, but also because she worked so hard to build a business. She said that she wished it could all go away that she because she laid eyes on that man. Mm-hmm. And I wrote the music. The music behind it was similar to the music from the trail, but it was a little mm-hmm. little different. I didn't get terribly emotional because I I didn't want to have to redo anything. But um, same, I was like, <laughs> but it was an emotional scene because yeah. I think, like Sophia said at the very beginning of the episode, I asked how we felt about the episode. Um, it was that moment where she was just being real, just being there. All the Chinese wall, which we have to bring up since Edison was in mm-hmm. this episode. She but called it, him Fitz instead yes. of referring to him as the president, the president, the president. She called him by his name. Exactly. Like the wall was down and mm-hmm. that for me, if this was a real life scandal and I was watching that interview mm-hmm. on TV, I would be like, wow, mm-hmm. it's just love. Yeah. It's just love. And yeah. there was something so real about that because I get sick of people. I understand that um, this is a fictional show. And there's some people who make the comments like, oh, that wouldn't happen in real life. But there have been a lot of elements recently where like, no, that seems very true to what would happen in real life. Mm-hmm. And that's what I needed from from her in, mm-hmm. this, in this episode. And I feel like I finally got that. Um, but it was the line where she said, I tried and failed again to mm-hmm. stop loving him. Mm-hmm. I wore this ring to remind me of my weakness. Don't ask me to fall out of love with Fitz. Because if I could, I would. I almost died. No, <laughs> I couldn't handle it. Yeah, I couldn't handle yeah. it. I immediately went to the rose garden <sighs> because I think that, and I think, and I think, um, Emil, we share the same sentiment because I think it's 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 easy to call her a whore. It's easy to call her a mistress. It's easy to call her a homewrecker. It's not easy to literally just call her a woman in love. And I think that when you remember the Rose Garden and you remember the angst and you remember how they tried to stay away from one each, one another and that it really was that they have a connection where if they're not in some way in each other's lives, even if they're not together, they they literally cease to be. They can't breathe with one out one another. And I think that in that moment, we got a little glimmer. And I think what happens is Anyone who's been in love can understand that. Anyone who hasn't been in love longs for that. And anyone who has lost that love because they haven't had the courage to step forward understands that. Now let me play devil's advocate. No, I totally like I knew it was coming. I, I knew it was coming. No, no, I like the scene. I appreciated that she finally said she she Olivia has never given this speech or said anything close to it to anybody before. She doesn't talk to her friends or her home goes about it. She never had a moment where she was like, I really love him. I'm, I'm sorry this happened. She never, hmm. like, she's hmm. never had that with anybody. So hmm. I'm glad it finally happened. However, uh, Sophia brought up a point where it's easy to say that Olivia was a whore and she was and, and doing all these things. But it's another thing when she felt that way about herself. Because you can, throughout oh, this show, mm-hmm. it's not just that people are saying this to, like, about her and they're like, well, she must be this. She's a Jezebel. She felt the shame herself, yes. and she was bringing out this energy like, oh, I feel like I'm a homewrecker and I'm a whore. So what I got in this episode that she finally was like, F all that. This Ooh. is who I am. You can think I am this way because at one point I thought that too. But today going forward, I am just a woman in love. I love we start clapping in unison. Yes. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> That's so silly. Yes. Hallelujah. I can't even. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I was expecting that to go a different way. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. Brilliant. 
So before she had this interview, though, she went to Jake's place. I don't know why. Like, I really, like, did someone slip something in my drink? Like, I like Jake this season. I like him too. Like, I really, like, this Jake I like because I think that's similar to what you're saying about Leo. I feel like Leo can talk to her straight talk from a political standpoint, and I think that Jake can talk to her straight talk emotionally because well, he knows her. He feels like just like a good friend. Completely. Now. And I think like that's it, why no, he I'm feels like, like an ex. Yeah, he does feel like yeah. an ex, but an ex yeah. that's a good friend. Yeah, you know when you you break up with somebody yeah. and you got that one ex where you you are literally friends now. Yeah. That's what it seemed like today when she went over there and had the conversation. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it was it was cool and he he was real with her. And if anybody finds it before <laughs> me, but oh, she met Elise, mm-hmm. his wife, and she tried to check him on that. Oh, why didn't you tell me about her? Bye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she said um, Olivia told him that she didn't want to sell a Cupid love story, and I broke. How did it happen if not that way? That's what mm-hmm. that was my anyway. And then Jake says, I don't see a problem in this. You're the problem. You're afraid to be tied to the White House. Tell the truth. And it was that that moment where I was like, huh. Oh. Cause I think my judgment got clouded last season because I saw him as competition to fit. So in my mind, you were the devil. <laughs> However, because I I had a couple of moments where I was I was Timo Lake, and then once I realized what was happening, <laughs> had to go, had to go away. Um, but I think in this moment, it was literally literally him talking to his friend Olivia and just telling her what she needs to do so she can get out of this funk, so she can live her life again. And that's what a real friend does, a real good ex does. I, I don't know. I, I like him now, and. We'll jump forward to when they were at the office. Were they at her office? Mm-hmm. And he had the hamburgers. They always have hamburgers. What do they call it? Gettysburg. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like she's like, did you bring? It? And he like hands it to her. Like that dynamic between mm-hmm. them. They're cute now. They're cute mm-hmm. as friends. Agreed. As friends. Agreed. Just want to make that clear. He still the side dude. I hope. Do y'all understand this? He still the the side dude never backs down from his position. He, he holds the sword. He, as a wife. Mm. Well, can I say he holds it's the 2015. Side if she wants to have a side dude and a main dude, then let her. Until nah. Fizz got a side chick and a main chick, then what? Say <laughs> <laughs> oh then what again? That was hilarious. Then what? <laughs> Slide away from the table. You know what's funny though? It's the show. Like, do you remember? This is how it was season one and season two. Like, we're giddy. And we didn't even have wine tonight. Do, no, we didn't. We really didn't. I really needed some. We don't, actually, glasses, vodka. Like- we don't need We don't <laughs> popcorn either. No, but that's what it is. I think it's like, this is, I think, what it, I'm remembering what it is to be a gladiator. Like, I, we never left, but I didn't feel this, like, oh my God. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. <sighs> All right. Melly and Cyrus. Melly and Cyrus. Cyrus, like we talked about earlier, was sitting on the sofa, like having a grand old time watching this spectacle on TV. And then Melly comes over all in her feelings because she got dropped from the Senate. Mm-hmm. From the Senate committee. From the Senate committee. And she needs somebody to confide in. So, of course, she can't go to Fitz. So she goes to Cyrus. And I, I, I just, I, I don't feel sorry for Melly at all. I don't feel sorry for her at all. And I wish that I actually um, had done a little bit of political research before we came in the studio because I want to know if it's possible when they were doing the voting if she could have abstained. 
Like mm-hmm. there's there's one thing saying no, there's one thing saying yes, but I th- from a from a political perspective, I think it actually would have been more respectful and resonated differently if you abstained. Because I think that there was a part of her then fast forward when they're like, "Oh, it's a conflict of interest." And she's like, "What are you talking about?" Dude, are you serious? Did you look vengeful? Like, you're the first lady. I don't care if you're now like, oh no, I'm the senator of Virginia. You're the first lady. Not only did your husband cheat on you, his mistress went on public television and was like, I'm sleeping with the president. Then the president affirmed the relationship by taking her on several dates. And she has now fully moved into the White House, at least part time, like they are proper girlfriend and boyfriend. You didn't see that coming? You voted for this investigation despite the fact that you have dirt. Mm -hmm. So even when Cyrus fast forward has the conversation with Fitz and brings up defiance and all these other things, do we forget that Melly was complicit in all of them? Was actually at the table for most of them? So is is she thinking like, oh, they just, none of this dirt's going to come back on me? She's not thinking. She's not thinking. Because, and I, I... I I said when um you talked about dirt when we were watching I was like well she had an affair too even though he is not able to talk right now he's just drooling. but even that doesn't that seem fishy <laughs> exactly that seems if fishy you investigate right that if you investigate that that can come up but yeah you're right like she was part of everything and then she has to deal with uh, what she did with all those jurors on the bus no completely but she has so much dirt and, she I, and, and even just that like to me even even when the interviewer asked sorry going back to oh, Olivia yes. when when he asked oh and you wore the ring there's been several times when when and I don't know if he called her Senator Grant or First Lady Grant you were wearing the ring in her presence to me that means complicit that means you knew mm-hmm she knew about it. Jim well, to get, no, no, no. Let's back this up, though. But it, no, you, that that right there, I'm going to disagree with because once a man validates the other woman to the other woman, the other woman is going to do what she wants to do, what her and her man agree upon, regardless of what the wife says. So Melly doesn't necessarily have to be complicit if Olivia's wearing the ring. If okay. it says wear the ring, and Olivia's like, okay, cool. Other women prance in front of the the uh, wife's faces all the time with jewelry and things like that. Even if the the wife doesn't like you or fool with you, so okay. that one I disagree. Okay. okay, that's true. I got to, I've got to disagree. But in regards to Melly, I think one of the reasons I don't feel sorry for her is because she did allow Olivia back into the White House multiple times. No, and she, didn't, no, no, she didn't. She didn't she allow did. her in. She went and she got her. She did. She Do you ho- remember, remember? Essentially hoard her out. Completely. Say, remember, isn't happy. I need you to come. Totally. Sleep. And and remember the, the the second campaign for the second term. She went and she got Olivia. She remember? When, remember when Olivia thought she was meeting Fitz in the hotel room and it was really Melly? And Melly was like, we need you. We need to go. So, th- so it's all of that that, again, what it is to me is this scorned woman let it go. And you want to know why? Because it means you're human. And if you're human, okay, cool, but you can't be president. Yeah. Then let that go. I need her to either give up being president or I need her to be a grown-up. Think intelligently. Think strategically. Think about what your next move is going to be. Really play this out. Is there really any plausible way that he could get impeached and then the country votes you in as president? That's That's implausible for it to happen. The only way for it to actually work in your favor is if, in fact, you had actually played nice. Mm-hmm. If you had actually been the one to do the interview. No, let's, let's just spin it for just no, two wait, seconds. Are we, is Melly really... Are we really thinking Melly is going to plan to slide right into that, that slot? Like, do we... I don't, I don't think necessarily slide right in, but it definitely needs to be sooner rather than later because I think she misses her window. Because at the end of the day, if... So when, when Fitz is impeached... 
Susan Ross becomes president. Mm-hmm. I know that we keep making jokes about Susan Ross. Susan Ross is, in fact, every woman. Mm-hmm. She's likable and personable. Because of the turmoil, one of two things are going to happen. Either she's going to run and she will get elected. Now you're no longer the first woman president if, in fact, Melly tries to run. And that's really what she's trying to run on. Or you switch parties because they're like, okay, the Republican Party had this scandal. We need to now go to the Democrats. Again, you're kind of losing your window. Really, her window is to like slide off of this scandal, be an evolved woman, evolve the Republican Party. You also, in doing so, like if she kind of stood by him and basically was like, yeah, it was wrong. I can't discount that it's wrong. But he still, as a president, is the best president ever. He still was the best father ever. He actually was a great husband, whatever, whatever. Stand again as a team and then have him usher you in. That's your only plausible window. Well, can she play the Hillary route minus the stand by your man? Let's say she did what she did and she and she is all for getting him impeached. And dirt does not come up about her. She can do the work, make sure she's in the uh, in the right positions, in the right committees, climbing up the ladder. And then when it's time to run, she can kind of flip it and say, I I I stand for injustice regardless regardless of who it is and what it's about. And I'm the right person for the candidate. Can she play that route? No. And the reason being is I think it's exactly the 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 reason that they told her that she couldn't be on the committee. It, she she draws too much attention. Mm. The only way it was viable was before when there was no scandal. Then you can come up through the ranks. Even, I mean, let's let's not even be like, let's be real life. It's even like what's going on right now with the Benghazi, with the ben, Benghazi committee. Like, mm. they are coming after Hillary. Do you know what I mean? You can't have any type of dirt or scandal or even a perception of a scandal and have people not fixate on that. So no matter what, we love salacious BS. Mm-hmm. And it always goes bad for the woman. So unless she can really stand by him, and, and to me, stand by him in a new evolved way. So not the getting back together with him, but really just standing and basically being like, we all make mistakes. We're all human. Do you know what I mean? He's still a, a great president. Like, I've learned so much just by being his wife. And then ride that, kind of coattailing on this whole fairy tale. I stepped away graciously. That, to me, is the only way that she can slide in there. Because it's even kind of like with Biden, how he's like, oh, I missed my window. Like, I think you have to, when people are talking about you, yeah. you ha- you have to use that to your advantage. You have to control the narrative. The problem is she's actually allowing not only them to control the narrative, but Olivia's always been better at controlling the narrative. And she's not realizing it. So the fact that she hasn't, like, hired someone else, like, you fire Cyrus, I get it. But you haven't hired anybody? Like, you need a full team. If you really think you can just be this junior senator, and that's going to work to be to get you to the presidency... Then you don't even deserve to be a junior senator. You need a team from day one, plotting, scheming, planning. The whole thing this is going down, the fact that she didn't have her own PR person to deal with this, so that if people ask you questions, you know how to answer it. Like, I love Melly and I love Bellamy Young, but I need, as a, as a fan of the show and as a fan of hers, I need her to, to step up just, just for like five minutes. But we've been saying that for like three seasons, guys. We've, uh, oh. we've all said I need Melly to step up. For three seasons. Well, I don't know what's going to happen now that Cyrus is back in the White House. Which let's go ahead and talk about. It. So Olivia, mm-hmm. Olivia finds out from her team, mm-hmm. from Marcus, who is now a spy on the good side. Mm-hmm. She gets the documents and see what confidential documents they have, and then she goes and talks to David about those documents and finds out that oh, they have the tape from the kidnapping. Then she goes and has hot, passionate, fake kind of pre-sex with it. Did I say hot and passionate? Because it was steamy. Wait, wait, hold on, wait. So, okay, sorry, pause. Last last night on um last night on uh, Happy Hour, 
Go to iTunes, Happy Hour, Shout Out Conversation. Last night, we were talking about Hotline Bling. Mm-hmm. And Sophia was talking about Drake. Can you please say the way you said yummy on the show last night? I don't think I can. Oh do my it. god! Oh my god! Oh, no, fact- he is, wait, he's yummy. Oh, it's so yummy. <laughs> like really, I don't know why because I was not originally on Team Drake, but this new Drake 2.0, like he is yummy. Y'all need to go listen to it because that didn't even do it justice. Like, and in the moment, I wasn't expecting. We were like, "What? Where did that come from?" Anyway, it was hot sex or pre-sex, but she was doing that to tell Fitz what she found out and that he needs to not say that he knew that she was kidnapped, but also Cyrus was the loose end. So then Fitz calls Cyrus while he's sitting there with Melly mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, it's just a friend. Cyrus then goes to the White House in his suit. <laughs> he's talking to he's talking to Fitz and Fitz or Fitz is pretty much talking to him saying, I want to invite you back, mm-hmm. which Fitz should have known. You have to give him like a real a real reason why, because after the way you completely dismissed him the last time he was there, you can't always just, oh, yeah, I want I want you back as my, you know, a, a high official, like a senior advisor. OK, what changed? Let's back it up two seconds and then we can continue. How did Cyrus slip out of the house with Melly on the couch with a full suit on? Like, how did you get out with a full suit on and tipsy? Okay, resume. I know, seriously though. Seriously though. Oh, he probably did. He probably <laughs> Yeah. He gave it a. Mm-hmm. Or some Benadryl. He can knock somebody out with some Benadryl. <laughs> real talk. He does have a little kid. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh. like a little kid. But Cyrus is talking to Fitz, and we're, we're running out of time, so I'll make this quick. But Cyrus is talking to Fitz, and mm-hmm. after Cyrus confronted Fitz and said no, not because, only did he say no, oof. Cyrus told Fitz, I do not need this. I do not need this anymore. You use and abuse me. He called him out when he was going through explaining details, all the de- or explaining to Fitz all the details that he remembers, and how I think that was the moment where a couple episodes of last episode when he said Fitz is like a son to me mm-hmm. that was the moment I realized he's not only passionate about Fitz career wise he's like passionate about mm-hmm. Fitz like this man truly cares for whatever reason mm-hmm. he truly cares about Fitz but then when Fitz flipped the script and he talked about I know your mother's name her name's Helen he told the backstory with mm-hmm. the Agatha Christie novels there was something about that that made me emotional oh completely mm-hmm. Completely, because I think I think that, and it 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 led up to the statement that I think resonated with um, so many of us when he said, "I am sorry. I'm truly, truly, deeply sorry. I am sorry that I ever forgot that we were family." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it was. I think that there was a moment in time where he treated Cyrus like an employee. Yep. And if he really thought that Cyrus was an employee, a he would have never been elected. No, let's be real. He would have never been gotten a first term. He would have never gotten a second term. Yep. All of these things, all of the reason that this show is called Scandal, he would have not gotten through any of these scandals and without Cyrus. That's not what an employee does. That's what family does. He would have never met the true love of his life. Yeah, Lee brought that up. So, mm-hmm. Cyrus. And then Cyrus, before he came back, he said, mm-hmm. fire Elizabeth, get new carpet, Keep Ethan and Abby. Like, I love he just went down. He was ready to go. He was ready to go. Like, I'm going to be your chief of staff. And then he said, you'll give me an official pardon. Sign it. Mm -hmm. Put in an envelope. Mm -hmm. Have it sealed. Nobody will know about it. Mm -hmm. Like, Cyrus is a G. I love that he is Mm -hmm. back. I love that he is back. I agree. Um, And his last line, I serve at the pleasure of the president. The honor is all mine. Great episode. Great, great, great episode. Um, Now let's go into predictions. Oh, no, no. After Buzz TV predictions. Stop. Rewind. 
forgot about Cornelia's cold piece of the week. <laughs> that face. Cold piece of the week for Scandal Season 5, Episode 5 goes to Mr. Cyrus Bean. <laughs> Cyrus is officially back in the White House. He finally got to say all of the things to Fitz that he has been wanting to say. And it almost didn't get to that point. Well, no, it did get to that point. He he got off his chest and then he let Fitz know that he wasn't taking the job. However, I just want to point out that during Cyrus' monologue, if he would have replaced the Fitz dialogue and he would have been talking like a boyfriend to a girlfriend, that would have been creepy as hell. Cyrus's monologue deep down was creepy as hell. He was like, I remember everything you had on down to the draws. You had on blue underwear on October 13th, 1991. It had the white waistband and on the side, the tag was sticking out when you sat down on the, on the couch. You remember the tag was sticking out? So for that reason, Cyrus Bean gets cold piece of the week. Let us know who you think cold piece of the week should be. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using hashtag cold piece. Oh my God. I cannot with you. All right. Now let's go into prediction. The tag though. I saw the tag. What do you guys think? Mine is going to be really quick. I think that there's something that resonates with me about the pardon. I think that Cyrus is going to throw himself on the sword in some way. He was definitely protecting himself, but it's also a forward-thinking move of if there comes any dirt, he can basically be like, that was me. Mm. And again, if anyone watches uh, House of Cards, I think you'll know where I'm getting this prediction from. So I think that's why Cyrus asked for the pardon. Other than that, I have no predictions because I'm just enjoying the ride. I kind of have a similar prediction, but in a different way. I think Cyrus asks for the pardon because he knows something is going to go down with Fitz and he knows the blowback, the blowback could hit both of them. And if he's already protected, it won't hurt him. I don't think he's going to fall on the sword. I think Cyrus kind of in his mind is like, oh, I know something's coming out and I protected. Whoops. Ooh. Yeah, I was I was with Canilla. That's where I was going with it too. But now I'm I'm on the fence between both of you. So I don't know. I'm with Sophia though. I am enjoying this ride, and I am ready for the peak of the Shondaland roller coaster. Ooh. And I'm ready to go down that hill. So because there's supposedly a wedding. Oh my god! Yeah, I, the, can't oh. even, I can't even. That's I why can't. I couldn't. I couldn't mention it. I can't. I can't either. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't breathe. It's too much. <laughs> so where can we it's find you much. guys on social media? <laughs> well, you can find us on Happy Hour and on Twitter and Instagram. Our social media hashtag or our name is yeah. at Happy Hour underscore TV. And again, that's Happy Hour, a shot of conversation, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You can find me at Sophia Stanley, Twitter and Facebook, at the Sophia Stanley on Instagram. You can find me at Canelia on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can find me at email <laughs> in this year. Oh. <laughs> Alright guys, you can find me at email in this junior. That is for real my ringtone. We talked about that on Happy Hour too. Make sure you join us here next week, same time, same place for Scandal After Bus TV After Show. And hopefully Bam will be here yeah. joining his Fab Four. We love you. We love you, Gladiators. We love the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 